0: Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.
1: It's Club with Bryce Michael Story of high strangeness or two? <laughs> Let's do this.
2: Hey, everybody, welcome back to Bigfoot Collectors Club, the show where we talk to amazing guests about their personal paranormal history and share stories of high strangeness. I'm your host, Michael McMillan. With me always is your other
1: host, Bryce Johnson.
2: And our super producer,
1: Riley Bray. <laughs> Bryce, who's, who's over there with you?
3: It's me and Michael Caine from film acting on television.
4: It's you See, and Michael. You Caine and you're talking tapes. like that. It's you. Is Michael Caine mad that you're talking like him in front of him?
3: Yeah. He is. He's, he's right on. here, and he's furious. But he's not blinking.
2: He didn't even get. He didn't give Michael Caine a microphone. He's just no. sitting there off mic while Bryce is mocking him to his face.
4: Shut the.
3: Michael Caine.
2: <laughs> no <laughs> Wait, podcast. is that Michael Caine doing an impression of Bryce now? Like is Bryce <laughs> talking as Michael Caine. I mean just Michael Kane talking as Bryce? Watch Me Podcast.
1: Oh boy. <laughs> oh, Showmads <laughs> done. Yeah. All
2: right, sure. hey, uh yeah. let's just bring in our guest. <laughs> if yeah. you've been listening to BCC for a while or for podcasts or podcasts in general, then you'll know our guests this week. And chances are you already love them. If you don't, well then get ready for this Meat Cute from High and Mighty and the Action Boys plus one of my favorite shows from the past year. One hundred and one places to party before you die. Please welcome back to the clubhouse, John Gabriel.
4: Yes. Oh, gentlemen, gentlemen. Thank you for having me. Always Boy, a pleasure to this swing like, by the clubhouse.
2: I feel like we're flying Launchpad McQuack's like ship tonight. This is just like <laughs> the plane is barely off the tarmac. It's here. off
1: to one of those starts. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
4: I, I mean, I started less. fucking talking before you guys were even done introducing yours. No, songs. please. <laughs> <laughs> I figure if I watch all of you individually set up for a certain amount of time, I'm allowed <laughs> to start talking whenever <laughs> I want.
2: That's true. Yeah. Yeah. You should yeah. be hosting the show tonight for sure. <laughs> Gabrus, how are you, man? What's been going on? Have you had anything weird happen? I mean, it's been a couple of years since you've been on the show. I Do you have any paranormal so. updates? Anything strange happened to you?
4: No, you know nothing really strange, but I've been in a lot more conversations about the paranormal, uh, mm. recently, just due to, uh, you know, and and, uh, specifically aliens and stuff, just because mm-hmm. due to recent revelations, you know, it's been a couple of years <laughs> since I've been on, uh, yeah, yes. a lot of stuff has come up, and a lot I've also like, you know prior to that visit and more since that visit have uh, uh dabbled in uh hallucinogenics and Ooh, I like no. re- yeah and I've really found like the brain is capable of pretty wild shit right okay. like we can get it can get it to do so that really just opens my mind to like what is the actual what is an actual paranormal experience
1: even yes, you know what I mean absolutely. like
4: like could it be a hallucination is that or is like when you trip and have hallucination, is that you actually seeing something paranormal? Like, like I fuck, I have no idea. Right, that's just sure. not to be the stone, the resident stoner. Uh, but that's just where my brain has been at a lot lately. Like the power of the mind and thinking more about that, and you know, suggest suggestivity and like how easy. I mean, it is to just get
2: as as some something. yeah, as someone who. Would routinely hallucinate in the middle of the night when my anxiety was out of control. Before I started going to therapy, I will tell you those felt like supernatural uh, encounters. You know what Shit. I mean? I mean, I would wake <laughs> up, and I, I, I've told this story before, but years ago, I was working on a horror movie, and I like woke up in the middle of the night and saw myself standing over me, uh, covered in blood. And I've seen like. Little goblin things and like ghost ladies and they vanish. It's like I, I wake up from a dead sleep and they're there and I they're there long enough for me to like see them and react and think there's something in the room and then they vanish. But my therapist said that's just my anxiety manifesting itself <laughs> in mysterious oh, ways.
3: <clears throat> see, that's that power of mind shit. Chicken or
2: yeah. egg, right? Like uh I,
3: damn. I don't know, man. I think I so I think these psychotropics sort of if you imagine our brain like a receiver and and when you take some type of entheogenic it it, it can actually just sort of shift the receiver a bit and it, and it can allow information as well as entities to sort of communicate via through that new channel that you've opened up uh, for most of us in our day-to-day uh, life and our awareness that channel is blocked off and closed and shut down and you know a, a, I guess a good test would be, is if you start receiving information that there's no way possible could be coming from you or your subconscious terence mckenna a famed psychonaut would talk about you know all these information floods these downloads that he would receive and and uh, and he would often test uh that information to see if it was accurate or if there was actually something there and he often found that there was all types of 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 information that was coming to him that he had no idea how it arrived in his head. Yeah, I mean, Bryce, you just articulated w- way more articulately uh,
4: what I was going <laughs> for. Uh, mm. That, yeah, like it's like if you look at it from one direction, uh, uh, like, oh, I, I might be tripping and seeing an alien, or is this alien activating the same thing that is tri- would make me. To change my viewpoint, turning on or, the black light or whatever, you know? Or mm-hmm. does
2: the nature of the alien manifest and exist only if it's like psychically projected into your brain? You know what I mean? Right. Like, like we don't, yeah, we don't,
4: how, the, how does a life form uh, exist, right? Like, is that its
2: thing? So like anchor vibe, into baby? something in your consciousness in order to project into this reality, which I, you know, I think some of this UFO stuff might be something like that. I, I'm, I'm gonna keep
4: testing, I'm gonna keep my eyes and ears, all three of my eyes open and um, I will report back again in a couple of years with some new you, stuff.
3: But yeah, you that, you're doing the good work because listen, we can only explore so much of outer space. Inner space is just uh, just wide open for us to to start exploring on our own in the safety of our own homes. And uh, you know that's where the real exploration is done.
2: <laughs> Gabris, have you gotten either so high or have you like tripped on something that you've you felt like, oh wait a minute, I might be making contact with a higher consciousness here? Or do you just think you were super stoned?
4: I I did some pretty intense, I'm not gonna go into specifics for protection of my inner child, but I mm-hmm. When I did some intense psilocybin therapy, uh, you know, like where, with a guided, with like a professional and, you know, uh, I couldn't say like, I was deep inside my own mind and and it it was coming represented to me, like metaphorically, I was like, (laughs) my mind was like, I was, it, it was pretty wild. I, I. Short story: I met a few younger versions of myself and spent a, a fair amount of time Whoa. with them. Yeah, wow! In, in a room at that. once, uh, like Whoa. a couple. Yeah, a few of us in a in a real in a in, to me in a real room that exists. Oh the, like God. a few versions of myself throughout my life all spent time and we were all like teaching each other stuff was whoa really really crazy.
3: we yeah. like shaking him work harder get up earlier what the <laughs> fuck are you doing <laughs> no it was kind
4: of like oh dude i know why you're like this and they were going like i know why you're like that like whoa. you know and like we were kind of like uh and then uh i could feel their emotions at the same time as mine. So when they were positive, it felt like four times as positive. And when we were sad, it was like f- debilitatingly sad. Whoa. Like we, I f- could wow, feel man. all of our psyches at the same time. Cause it was me. It's very fucking cool, but that's just that's inside stuff. And uh, we're just getting into outside looking at the sky season. So I'll be, uh, I'll be uh, a little more available if uh, anyone's listening to
2: the air. Yes. Yeah. Great. <laughs> <laughs> we should go. Gabers. you should come with Whoops. us. We should do like a UFO watch someplace one night. Gabers. you should come with us. Let's go on a little field trip mm. and do I one of these I should bring one things. of my
4: buddies who's like a legit, like you guys will go like, okay, yeah. I don't think we should hang out with Gabers and his friends anymore, but this guy is like also <laughs> a big uh, paranormal, uh, like uh, he's, very knowledgeable, has seen you know, watched every documentary, read all the books and stuff too. Great. He's a wow. good buddy. Might yeah, just doesn't you know, he doesn't. He's an actor, but he loves this
2: shit. So, sounds like we were, have nothing in common, Gabriel. Yeah, just, yeah I know, <laughs> I know. He, he's I'm the guy who here.
4: I first did shrooms in the woods with, <laughs> and, you know, and he's the one who got me. When I say I've been having these conversations, it's with this my buddy Tyler, who's oh, form. Yeah, yeah. We'll like, vector
3: in some UFO, We'll vector in some UFOs, uh, Stephen Greer style. We'll use some CE five contact vectoring. Okay. I, fucking Tune, love that. I
1: love <laughs> jargon. Tune up your brains to CE5, my guy. We're talking to the aliens. Yeah. Well, everyone's <laughs> right,
4: Everyone set to CE5? Click, click, click. I
1: was on CE4. Um, Hold on. <laughs>
4: <laughs> <laughs> Wait, we just we just all touch our dicks together, Bryce? I feel like, yeah. I feel like yeah. this is a scam. It, uh, right. this is don't called don't docking. Worry, don't worry, don't worry, this is worry. called docking. This is this is
2: how we get the aliens <laughs> to docking. land here. We have this to is what Timothy first. Leary did. Yeah. Trust me. <laughs> <laughs> it's safe. Um, all right. Well, speaking of making contacts with aliens, we're going to talk. We're going to hear some listener stories tonight. That's right. We're digging into the L files. These are stories that you, the listeners, have sent in to us to Bigfoot Collectors Club at gmail.com. But before we get to that, uh, Bryce, Riley, better get ready for this because Bryce has brought in some... See, news.
3: All right, that's right, boys. Uh, well, Gabrus is right. Things are kind of popping off in the UFO world. A uh, lot of new information. A lot of, a lot of juicy little tidbits coming out, and uh, it's a great time to be interested in the UAP UFO phenomenon. So, uh, this I found this little news article. And it really sort of stems off of, so I don't know if you guys know this, but uh, Jeremy Lockyer Kenyon Corbell, a friend of the show, filmmaker of uh, Hunt for the Skinwalker and Patient 17 and the Lazar film. Well, he's got a new podcast out called Weaponized uh, that he hosts with George Knapp. I always love that, George Knapp and Jeremy. They're just doing some incredible stuff. Anyway, so this came out in the Liberation Times. And the headline news source. (laughs) Wait, Hold on. Let me me go grab the hard copy. I think it just got landed on my porch. (laughs) Uh, It says here, former chief for defense contractor that ran area 51 claimed knowledge of recovered flying saucer and live being as Congress looks to uncover details of alleged illegal UFO programs. Uh, I'll read on here. Um, here we go. Oh, wait, where's all the text? Oh, okay, it's here. It comes. <laughs> okay, I'm always a mess with these things. Uh, this is my uh, <laughs> uh, Christopher shot. So Alfred O'Donnell, a senior manager of EG&G, the defense contractor that managed Area 51, claimed the quote, they did have a flying saucer that had been recovered from New Mexico and a quote, live being. According to investigative journalist George Knapp, who interviewed him on numerous occasions. According to Knapp, O'Donnell, when speaking about the being, told him, quote, We didn't know what it was. To tell you the truth, we couldn't communicate with it. In the <laughs> beginning, we didn't know what it was. We didn't know where it was from, and we didn't know what to do with it. Knapp added that O'Donnell compared the being's appearance to former presidential nominee Ross Perot, unlike the classical gray-looking <laughs> alien. Wow! Yes. Oh, shit! Knapp okay. also shared a story about a former female employee defects contractor, Holmes in Narver, who allegedly had knowledge about, quote, crash, saucered, crash saucers, recovered materials, and what sounded like a Roswell-type incident. Now, before Knapp was scheduled to speak with her, the woman was intimidated by unknown agents, which caused her to cancel the meeting even after two decades. She refused to have a meeting. Now, this goes on to say – um, all kinds of stuff about, uh, you know, they're really just rehashing uh, this conversation between Jeremy and George in the, in this, in their podcast. Um, So let me just flip to this uh, other part here.
2: I just love the idea of like, like three or four military guys in a room looking at like an alien that looks like a little old man with big ears. And they're like, we don't know what it is. Like (laughs) I've never seen one of these before.
4: I don't know why I can't get my brain off the idea of it would be so crazy if you were sending like a spy ship to go and you were like let's just put on this weird little fucking like fake oh let's send the weirdest looking pilot in case they crash and we could just <laughs> they'll think it's an alien it's like send the little guy it's like he's like let me go and everyone's dude. like yeah. fine man get in there and they send this dude and they're like he crashes the weird spaceship that they were testing out and it's like oh it's aliens and whatever other country is like whoa swoop, we just got away with it
3: <laughs> well you segued that perfectly because on our three part Roswell series we sort of went through some of the uh theories that were undergone and and one annie of them was jacobson. Uh, annie, annie jacobson annie jacobson's uh russian one child, of my favorite uh, authors Yeah. yes yes so now yeah. listen to this in her book in Night area 51 an uncensored right, so you History, were very
2: upset by this uh revelation by the way i, I yes, actually i think this was on the other side this was not in the in the main three-parter so we'll, we'll get this if you're patreon in go check it out
3: in her book, Area 51, An Uncensored History of America's Top-Secret Military Base, Jacobson detailed how O'Donnell, although not named in her book, uh, told her that the Roswell incident was not the result of non-human intelligence, but in fact a Russian craft with grotesque child-sized aviators, and quote, developed in human experiments by Nazi doctor and war criminal Joseph Mangle, which is just fucking ridiculous. But Darker she put it in than anyway. you think. Uh, now but but listen, after visiting Russia following the Cold War, Knapp, uh, who is basically he went to Russia and talked to all their UFO head guys, disputed O'Donnell's version of Roswell through his Russian contacts, including Professor Valery Bergdikov, an aerospace scientist whose mentor was Sergei Korolev, the father of the Soviet Union space program. Knapp discovered that the Russians were just as mystified about the Roswell incident as the Americans. Quote Korolev told Stalin the phenomenon was real, end quote. He told him, quote again, that the UFOs were not dangerous to our country, but they were not manufactured in the United States or any other country. Stalin thanked him and told his opinion was shared by a number of other Specialists, And the article goes on to recollect some of the more uh, in-depth conversation. But but I love this. And basically what George Knapp was saying is he had been vetting this guy, Alfred O'Donnell, who was basically, uh, you know, the head of EG&G, which was put in charge of testing nuclear weapons sites in the desert. And basically handed the keys to this new secret base. They're like, well, you be in charge. You're already handling our top secret atom bombs. He, This guy fucking ran Area 51. And he had meetings with george knapp for years saying yeah we we recovered something and if you think about it the idea that the russians stole some secret ufo fucking and had this secret ufo technology and they're like let's put in grotesque childs in it and we'll and they'll fly (laughs) over to uh, new mexico where it'll be discovered and hopefully crash and 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 it'll cause a panic The, the it's ludicrous at its most face value um, well, they Annie launched Jacobson it from
2: Mexico, in- not from Russia. So I'm just going to fact check you on that one. No,
3: well, no. <laughs> the idea was that the that the Russians sent this UFO. I know, that but they-
2: from Mexico, from Mexico, they were in Mexico where they launched it from. That's in um, the well, book. It, do, it, it doesn't matter. It's
3: ridiculous. And, and George says but wait, here, through, but,
2: wait, but wait, so why, but why would you take O'Donnell's word for all this other stuff, but not for the stuff that he told Annie Jacobson?
3: Well, that, that's a great point. You can't take it any of his word battle. now. Because, yeah. Yeah. He's, yeah. Because he's changed his story, uh, oh, okay. you know, to get in, uh, to get in Jacobson's book. He probably received a lot of heat apparently uh from what george says you know because they found out he was having meetings with with this guy who it's almost like you don't
2: know who to trust in the (laughs) ufo world well that's right i mean it's an astute point (laughs)
3: they both they both could be full of shit but but and and honestly and i'm from the school that they could also both be true stories interesting Yeah. yeah like
4: like that's not impossible that there are a handful of people in multiple countries that know about aliens and are using it to their advantage also to try to do high level fucking sketchy shit too. Yeah. They're not mutually exclusive.
2: Weird, weird experimental, like psyops and aliens can both exist. Yeah. Well, which I'll is terrifying.
4: Like, and that's people are gonna use that against us, man. Yeah. They yeah. know, yeah. Well, man.
3: <laughs> and I'll end with this. Knapp's recollections of his encounters with O'Donnell came after legislation was passed into law by President Joe Biden providing protections to potential whistleblowers involved in secretive programs not reported clearly and explicitly to relevant congressional committees relating to alleged retrieval and reverse engineering of potential non-human craft. So now we have a new law in the books that protects whistleblowers uh, from coming out of these SAP programs. If they want to talk, if they know something about uh, materials recovered, or entities recovered. Now they can talk with immunity. Come on now, this podcast.
1: Of, rev- yeah. come uh,
3: on this yeah. exclusive on this podcast. You'll be safe. It'll be fine. <laughs> <You'll> be fine.
2: <laughs> yes, you're gonna be fine. You're gonna be fine. You There's will have you will have to watch us set up our, uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, our podcast
1: not. for 15 <laughs> minutes. Uh,
3: but we'll, you can come on the show. Yeah. Well,
2: I've I've recently,
3: like Gabrus, gone down the UFO rabbit hole, and I've got a whole bunch of other little tidbits and treats. But I'm not going to reveal them on here. You're going to have to join us. Over on the other side, our Patreon, where I've dedicated a whole episode to all the new little honeypots that I've managed to uncover here. Sweet. If I can yeah.
4: plug uh, an Annie Jacobson book real quick, "Surprise, Kill, Vanish" about the kind of the <clears> history <throat> of the CIA and what they were up to, and like some sketchy. Oh man, you got a lot of great an- anecdotes in there. Guys fucking skydiving with a nuke strapped to their chest to see if Whoa. that would be a what? viable way of bringing a nuke into a halo diving high altitude low opening with a fucking nuke strapped to his chest. Oh a guy God. who was running Whoa. ops into his eighties that and that <laughs> man
2: <laughs> was tom cruise eliwa <laughs> oh is his God. name and i'll never
4: forget. it's a cool name too yeah, I, I highly really recommend that, that. <laughs> yeah it's all good listen is too whoever their reader is on the audiobook is good too
2: wow so Gabers, when this. you hear this stuff uh you know area 51 all this stuff like wh- 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 where is your head at with this right now
4: now here's my thing Air- i guess you said roswell incident and is that like a a, a one-time event that happened. I thought yes. Roswell and Area Fifty-One were kind of there are two different places. Up. Okay,
2: okay. Area 51's in Nevada, and and that's we, where
4: they—that's where we believe there's a ba- uh, there's a base that is. Do- there, I mean, there is a base. There but is we, a base. They, that's where there's a lot of sketchy stuff going. It on. wasn't yeah. confirmed.
2: Right. Its existence wasn't confirmed until what the nineties or early two thousands. But there is a base there. The lore goes that's the base where they would take crafts that they would find and store them and keep them. So like the, the base at Roswell, that was just where they first brought the craft and the alien bodies. And then the larger government came in and took those out of New Mexico. The Roswell incident.
4: Yeah. Okay. And then they had to bring them back, back to the clubhouse, which was yeah, exactly. Yes. uh, That's what, that's what I'm familiar with that. Then now I understand what it is. And I, when I hear all that stuff, that stuff, I can't. I don't know what's like. I'm just like, yeah, no, yeah, Area 51, of course. That's where I don't know exactly what's going on on there, but I, I am aware that it's not fully above board.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I'd say that's a safe assessment. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know how fishy about that Area 51. I don't it's know what active <laughs> something though.
2: I, I know it's active still. Um. My buddy and I drove out there a few years ago and we got like, we got buzzed by a stealth bomber coming over this hill. It was fucking awesome. This thing just buzzed my Bria's flying over like, whoa. So it's still an active base. I just wonder if this stuff does exist that they haven't moved it to some other location now. It's too popular, (laughs) you know.
3: Absolutely. Of course. If, we're, if we're talking about it, it's already uh, somewhere else in some in some deep underground military base. Yeah, uh, I don't want to go we, full th- full
4: political cynic here, but mm-hmm. there's a chance. I even if there is alien like bodies, we got them. Area 51 could still have been created and we're all like the information it's that's the smoke screen is yeah the, like is area 51 like that's the trickle of information we it got us all focused on that meanwhile at Fort Bragg or whatever there's just like you know it's like at, at at the top of the space needle is where it's all really like <laughs> yeah, yeah, bodies, bodies, every,
1: bodies but everyone's yeah,
4: Rudo right. running at area 51 because that's what the government <laughs> <laughs> wants us to know Man, yep. yeah yeah um, look over here what an over innocent here. time yes, Naruto yes. On
1: area 51 That's a nice (laughs) nostalgic, fond memory.
2: All right. Well, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, it's time to dig into these L files. All right, everybody, it's time to hear some listener stories. We're getting into these L files. If you've had an encounter you can't explain, write to BigfootCollectorsClub at gmail.com and include the phrase L files in the subject line. We might read it on one of these episodes in the future. And I just want to say something. Now, last month, I was very excited because you guys are sending in uh, shit tons of L file stories, and I'm very excited. So don't slow down. But I'm starting to get the sense and I don't want to judge anybody. That we're getting some creepy pasta trickling in here. This isn't oh, this, now. Look. You we amateur could, writers out
1: there, we yeah. could. This is a we short could, story contest.
2: We could do a short story episode sometime. I'm not saying some of you guys are writing some really good stories. I had a lot of questions about the Florida She Beast last month, and there were a mm. few of these that I almost put in the show tonight, or might be in the show tonight. Where I'm like, now y'all are fucking with me, okay? <laughs> so <laughs> I'm just saying, this these these are stories. In the spirit of the show, that are supposed to be encounters that you guys have that you can't explain, I'm just going to put that little disclaimer out there. But that being said, let's dig into the first L file, Riley. What do you have for us?
1: All right, all right, yeah, yeah. We want to believe, but make it believable. Um, <laughs>
2: if you're going to lie,
1: right. <laughs> just like at least, come on. Uh, all right, Fly hard with a vengeance, baby. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's Good. <lie> hey guys my name is alan and i live in minnesota i'm writing this in the first week of february 2023 and this happened just a few weeks ago i was sleeping and i had this weird urge while i was dreaming that i needed to wake up as if this urge was like you are in danger wake up i woke up in a panic and looked around and couldn't see anything in my room my clock said it was 3:30 a.m mm-hmm. then i looked out the window i saw a black figure standing across the street and it was just a figure and pitch black, like a shadow figure. I stared at it for a few seconds, and then it started to walk off behind the houses. The weird thing was that it felt like it wanted me to acknowledge it before it walked off. Then in the morning, I went to the spot where I saw it standing and saw no footprints in the snow, even though I swore I saw this figure walking away. All right.
2: Well Shadow we got, Man
1: in the Snow.
2: Shadow Man in the Snow, where did you go?
4: Shadow Man in the Snow, where did you go? Shadow Man
2: in the Snow. You woke me up in the middle of the night just to make me watch you walk awake, Shadow Man. Shadow
1: Man.
3: That is pretty trippy that he gets sort of a warning in his sleep. You are in danger, <laughs> wake up, you know. Yeah. In the
2: hour of high strangeness. That's, now we've I mean these... that is
3: the hour of high strangeness, three yeah. thirty AM thirty three. Oh, Right i'm not there.
2: familiar with this is
3: oh, this yeah, like so a this, recurring this is, motif this, this is a yeah. liminal, a yeah. very this is a pattern that recurs over and over again this is a liminal time space window uh in the wee hours of the morning but especially three three thirty if it has a three in it like there's some high strangeness about to fucking go down
4: that's wild now the okay. other thing that stuck out was felt I felt like it wanted me to acknowledge it. Like yes. that's, I was gonna bring that up that's too. like a yeah. fucking, that's a psychic intrusion. That's in, like, mm-hmm. that's terrifying. Yeah. Nasty. And it's sort of
1: like the thing like, Oh, you woke up and now you see me like, what just like, maybe you won't be so lucky next time. And then it just like walks off without footprints. <laughs> yeah. Very... This <laughs> yeah. is,
2: but this is what I'm talking about earlier. Gabers, when you're, you're talking about your, your mind's connection to this thing You know, is this a telepathic being, or is it something that's already connected to your subconscious? You know what I mean, Mm. and that's how we see it and communicate with it. You know, right? I I, I don't know Mm. because we we definitely symbolic.
4: Like, is your brain sending you something symbolic because it knows you can't handle something so literal? So it's like. Maybe you're on the verge of a heart attack at 3:31 and like there's just something that like wake up and like, you know, and then draw your attention to the, like, who knows? Or is it you're fu- a fucking someone you wronged in the past, like coming back to try to kill you? Like it could be anything and that's scarier. Man, this shit scares me more than aliens. Like aliens feels like just meeting a crazy animal. This shit right. is just like, just just like a, you just know. a space lion. Yeah. Man, you are one crazy animal, ET. I
1: don't know what's <laughs> up with you. <laughs> meet this no, but I know you we an animal, in- man.
2: <laughs> just gamers coming out of the woods with an alien gray like
1: around the neck, holding it up.
4: Look, look at this weird fucking thing. I found.
2: <laughs> Let's
1: I eat don't it, think man. It's a raccoon, but I don't know.
2: Grill it up. <laughs> we we hear just immediately eat it. We do. We do hear these stories in UFO lore too of this idea of like I was compelled to look outside or go outside of my house. And that's when people then experience missing time or some type of abduction scenario. Yeah. So this idea of the like, I had to go, you know, you see it in uh, Close Encounters, the little boy is like, he's got to get out of the house. He's got his mom's Mm -hmm. locking the doors and trying to keep him inside, you know, and he runs off, uh, you know. So this is this this has a bunch of classic markers in this story. Wow. It's fucking cool
1: i know what you mean too about like it's scarier that it's like sort of blurring the line of like is this a projection from my subconscious is this my like how much is is in the the perception of the thing and how much is the thing itself like oh and that that's yes. what's so scary right where it's just like what where Are the we, line is and, and what you're perceiving
3: I like this because usually the shadow people end up at the foot of your bed or in the corner of your bedroom. This one's outside, like he caught it early. Like I was just Uh, about to come in, motherfucker. But oh, that makes me think
4: someone else, something else woke him up. Like something Uh. else that a counter power. A counter power shadow.
2: Maybe the warning was from a separate entity being like wake up, wake up, wake up. And and then then he scared the thing away. Right.
4: Ooh. The all right, Cabris, dark. we
2: have a letter from Anthony. Will you read this one, please?
4: My name is Anthony, and I've been listening to you guys for a few weeks now, and your podcast is very interesting, and it gives me goosebumps all the time. I'm telling this story <laughs> in hopes of finding an explanation. To prepare this story, I want to say that I've never really believed in ghosts or anything strange, but I've always scratched my head about this. I live in Corning, New York, shout out upstate, and I live in my mom's house for a long time. But that house was always very strange. Like, if we were sitting on the couch, you could see the stairs, and everyone would always see a shadowy figure at the top. But Mm -hmm. we all just ignored it. And my mom. (laughs) Oh, boy. And my mom. I mean, I. And my mom always said that things (laughs) flew off the wall randomly, but I never believed it.
2: Hey, I'm listen, not- when your mom says things are flying off the wall randomly, yes.
1: believe
3: her. Believe it. Believe yeah. what your mom all women, so- especially <laughs> mom. <laughs>
4: I'm not one who dreams a lot. And when I do, it's usually good dreams. Me and my brother slept in the same room for all of the first 13 years of my life. We had bunk beds, and they were set to where you can see the door, which obviously has the attic, because why wouldn't it?
2: But now, one I'm, night. I'm, hold on, I'm confused by this por- part. Uh, It was set where you could see the door, which obviously has the attic, because why wouldn't it? I feel like something's missing here. Maybe this is a door that looks out into the hallway where we can see... An ad. I think that's what they're saying. And yeah. it's yeah. creepy. Like the view through
1: the door. You
2: yeah, know. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah.
4: Well, okay. I think that's. Well, while we're, I, I'll, I'll get back because I actually lived in a very similar situation, which is funny. Really. <laughs> but one night, yeah. But one night, I fall asleep, and then in my dream, I look to my right, and there was this thing hanging upside down from my attic. Yep, we were <sighs> all right about the layout. Oh. And I remember this thing so vividly, like it was yesterday. The thing was shaped like a bigger person but it had spikes coming out of it, and it had bright red eyes, and the thing was pure black. And I woke up and I was like, wow, that was weird. But it got weirder. Like I said, me and my brother shared a room, and I was talking to him maybe a year ago. And we got on the topic of my mother's house, which was weird because we never talk about her house. Then we got on the topic of how creepy that it was. I brought up my dream, and I could tell my brother was bothered. And he told me he had the same exact dream, same details and everything, like exact same. We both got goosebumps and agreed to never talk about it again, <laughs> but here I am. <laughs> I'm, I'm curious what's that about and if you guys have answers. I really hope you guys see this and read it on air or reach out back or to me.
2: This I love like no one is talking in this family about the clearly (laughs) demonic force that's haunting mom's house for decades. I don't don't want to
4: profile, but this person is in their forties and they come from (laughs) that family of we don't talk about it. Because I was like, how do you hide that? How do you not talk about things flying for 13? I'm like, oh yeah, we didn't talk about like alcoholic dad
3: if we didn't talk about dad we don't have to talk about the shadow person at the top of the stairs (laughs) in
2: in certain families some demons are metaphorical and some aren't quite literal and we just ignore all of them you know
3: it sounds like Michael you're right it sounds like there was some paranormal happenings uh, some poltergeist activity in, in this house now you know One of the things doing this this podcast that I think was a huge revelation, and Michael, you might agree with me, is that we have sort of found out that the UFO and alien phenomenon is not separate from poltergeist activity. In other words, people who have had UFO experiences, whether it's contactees or abductees, they will often report later on that they had paranormal activity happening in their house like it seems to follow uh the ufo phenomenon making you sort of question like are they somehow related or like is this some you know type of Umbrella phenomenon at large, like what the fuck is going on? Um, or it counterpoint,
4: over- consider the messenger at this point too. Like, yeah, like, that's right. And
3: they're like, I also won the gold, and
4: you're like, all right, all right, all right, man. Like you get like a little juice, <laughs> like you like like that's that's what's. But also, they're so intertwined in that I like. In a way, Bryce, tell me if this is a potential hypothesis. People confuse the two encounters. I bet too.
3: Mm, yes, I bet absolutely. some people who
4: are whose brains are more like in the religious sect may have an alien uh, encounter that they deem a demon encounter, and or someone yep, who's right. really like most,
3: into like most sci-fi definitely. shit
4: might be like activated towards that, but it could be the ghost of someone that they're actually feeling. Well, or you're spot like that. on
3: there, Gabrus. And then like sort of sort of going back to that receiver mode, like whatever this right. phenomenon is, it, it it seems to be able to access your innermost subconscious and conscious. And it pulls from that. Uh, th- you know, th- this this thing seems to be able to mimic, to to reinterpret, to, to show. It's almost like a mirror. You know, it, it, it can basically pull uh, from your belief construct and use it against you um it, it happens all the time in this ufo mythology and as well as this poltergeist stuff too so uh, who so knows how what you, the fuck's going on
2: how do you think that applies what you just said to anthony's dream and his brother's dream situation
3: well i i don't know i was just thinking it's you know i, I don't know it, 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 obviously they had some sort you know i i guess i just it, it sort of triggered like my incident when i was young seeing that like i i me and my brother were on bunk beds i don't my, I asked my brother maybe if it's he the bunk had
2: beds yeah maybe but I, beds. I saw that sort
3: of I saw that demon entity cross my window and I've often wondered like you know because I've seen things in the sky and stuff too and I've I've also I've, I've sort of wondered if that's how I was interpreting what I saw at when I was young because I was in a Lutheran school maybe it wasn't maybe it was more alien than demon I don't know
2: mm-hmm. right I'll take uh I'll take a writer's room stab at this if I was going to pitch this story. I think I would say maybe it's just a traditional haunted haunted place poltergeist mm. activity and that entity is communicating to showing itself to the to the boys in their dreams and that there was something up in that attic and that's was the source of the stress the poltergeist Stress, you know. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. So, I mean, if I were if I were writing this horror script, the next step would be we got to go look in that attic and see what's up there. You know, we got to oh, go back to say, the house.
4: Oh, see, I was going to pitch that this is uh, in c- real time of Anthony's letter, and so they're they got to go to the old house, ask yes. if, if they can sleep upstairs, and yes. like, try <laughs> right. to get the dream again. As like, adults, and, but it's yeah. like a, another family lives there, and they're like. <laughs>
3: Weirdos too, or whatever.
2: Like, they kick, like they kick the new kids out of the room, and they take yeah, over their bedroom. Like adult. Sleep.
4: So
3: I want
2: to try
4: that
3: at just some random house. See if it works. Hey, you don't know me, but <laughs> I used to live here when I was a kid. No, we we built this house. That's bullshit. Well, now wait
4: a minute. <laughs> I, was a, guy. I, was, I was an entity for a while yeah. in your house.
3: Yeah.
0: Yeah.
2: <laughs> I do dig. I dig too the description of this thing, like a bigger dude with like spikes coming out of it. Gaber, I know you're a. D and D guy, this sounds very like sounds D&D. very Death
4: Knight, uh, you know, there like you evil mm-hmm. Knight, uh, the Nazgul of the, you know, the Ringwraiths yes. from Lord of the Rings. Yep. Sort classic. of the demon Knight configuration is what like yep. came to mind for me, mm. and that's
3: mm-hmm.
4: classic teen boy projection of some, you know what I mean? Like if you were to like
1: oh, something yeah. wanted to be I'll like, oh, I gotta
4: creep these kids out. They look at these, they're reading the monsters manual before bed every night. Let me fucking scare for them with sure. a little Death Knight.
1: Yeah,
2: uh, love it. Death. I night. shared a the visit, attic
4: bedroom.
2: A visit
1: yeah, from the yeah. death
2: night. <laughs>
4: <laughs> uh, yeah, like <laughs> he's just like leaning in the window, and the kids yeah. are like pointing. <laughs> hey boys,
2: <laughs> you you uh, did you have some attic antics oh, when you were growing yeah. up?
4: Yeah, uh, my dad. When my my third brother, my the youngest brother, was born, my dad uh, finished the attic, half the attic, and me and my um, young brothers, closer in age, we moved up there and we kind of had like our run of the place. But there was yes. still half an attic, and there was just a door that went to the attic, and it was pretty scary to have in your room as a kid. Like it was right. like it, <laughs> yeah. it was like fine to have it in the house, but when you're just like next, you're like we're like sleeping next to it, and one night. Early on in, li- in living in the room, the door does that thing where the wind changes, uh, you know, and the pressure changes and the door rattles in the thing. And <sighs> it scares me and my brother so bad. He's younger than me and more athletic. Uh, even then, still is. Uh, and we so we hit the stairs, and he sprints down so fast. And I'm at the top of the stairs, and I have a full-blown, like, it's right behind me moment. And I jump <laughs> down the stairs.
1: <laughs> and I'm
4: like a donkey 12-year-old. I fucking sprain my ankle. And I'm like, screaming bloody murder. My dad hears, like, this huge racket, comes out to see me and my brother in, like, a pile at the bottom of the stairs. And he just goes upstairs, and there's obviously nothing there. and I right. have to bring. I have to be on crutches in school for, like, four <laughs> weeks. Wow. Oh, look me the stairs, like, would never really getting context.
3: Yeah. G-
2: Gators, that's exactly how my dog Zola reacts if, like, a paper bag falls over on the <laughs> kitchen table.
4: <laughs> I have big Labrador energy, I've been told. <laughs> oh, that's
2: great. Oh, oh man. Yeah. All right, Bryce, what do you got for us? All right, let's pull one
3: here from the grab bag. Okay, here we go. Hello, Michael, Bryce, Riley, and special guest, John Gabrus. My name is Cohen, and I have a very peculiar hobby. I collect and house cursed and occult objects. I also rehabilitate associated spirits. Nice. Okay, cool. Now, I know what you must be thinking. What the fuck is he crazy? Actually we're like, no, that's fucking dope. Uh, I hope guy, he, he knows put, how, into I, the right, podcast,
1: bud. Yeah, right. <laughs> I hope he knows how to protect. He's himself. like, wait a minute, I thought this was fresh air. Never mind.. <laughs> <laughs> <Here
4: is Terry. laughs>
1: now
3: I know that can be a big deal for some people, but cursed objects are a common and rather normal thing for me. I have history with an Eldritch cult that I am no longer part of. As a totem Whoa. crafter and chaos magic infuser. Oh, we'd get along great. I could talk for hours shit, I about my this, collection. Dude. And yes, they all carry something with them, be it a spirit, energy, or curse. Each item has its own story I could tell, and my time as a cultist has many crazy tales. But I'd like to highlight just two items rather quickly for you. If you happen to enjoy reading about them, I may share more about my collection to you all. Feel free to narrow the story down to one or the other if you end up sharing this on the podcast. Item 1. An old straight razor that likes to cut people through gloves and clothes, but is dull to the touch and impossible to shave with. This razor is fickle and has cut several people I've let hold it. Even when wearing protection and folded shut, These cuts are never too deep and have yet to require stitches, but it now lives on a shelf away from curious hands. There is no particular spirit attached to this razor and no obvious enchantment or energy placed deliberately on it. And I am unaware of any nefarious history attached with it. In the end, this item has since its time in my collection cut four people who have tried to handle it.
2: All right, let's pause right here and discuss this. (laughs) That that sounds like a fucking enchanted... Like dagger. That's like straight out of like Wheel of Time. That's some that that is some fucked up shit. I don't like it.
4: Yeah, I would keep track of the rest of the the four people who got cut by it. I'd like updates (laughs) on their lives. Yeah, Yeah. dude, that's that's a fucking cursed weapon. It's like plus two to poison damage or some shit. You got to be careful. Yeah, Yeah.
2: like. If you're eating breakfast with one of them, make sure that their bowl of Cheerios isn't actually just a bowl full of maggots. Like, (laughs) pay attention to their behavior.
3: (laughs) Item number two. This guy's pitching himself
4: as a guest, and he should be.
3: (laughs) Yeah, right. (laughs) Right. Right.
4: I don't want to open the floodgates for the rest of these creeps. To (laughs) I I also have a good story. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
3: (laughs) Item number two is an old skull with a past history of use in voodoo and witchcraft. This skull houses a spirit I refer to as Old Thomas. When I first acquired him and brought him into my collection, he was not happy. He would knock things over loudly to cover the sound of turning off light switches and constantly demanded to be placed up high on his own shelf. He, the spirit, has calmed down since he has come to realize I mean him no harm and that he has free reign of his space. Trust me that this is a safe decision. My whole house is heavily warded and most of my collection that carries a conscience or intelligence are free to act as they please in their space with the understanding that if they try to go outside, then there will be consequences. Uh, That's great. Anyway, oh, wow. man, if
4: oh. you guys have got yourself into a position where people say the phrase, don't worry, my whole house is warded to you guys. You are living a good life that people m- must, don't worry, my house is warded. Uh, I've never heard that phrase in my life.
3: Uh, this is a dream come true. I mean, if I had a dollar, yeah. Uh, yeah. I know. Anyway. I know. Anyway, old Thomas had one other request rule do not touch. One day, I had to break this rule as his shelf needed adjusting and I had to move him. Now, normally the wards I carry on my person are enough to keep the worst from happening to me. But partway through the adjustment process, while he was off his shelf, after picking him up, I had to switch my shirts because I spilled something on it. While I took my shirt off, charmed my, my charmed pendant accidentally came off with it, and Thomas seized the opportunity to attack with a curse. Now. Whoa. This curse isn't anything I get worked up over, as I did disrespect his request, and to anyone other than me, the particular curse would be a nightmare. The curse is activated when I talk about him or touch him, trigger warning, and is manifested by the feeling of needles being pushed into my left eye like a pin cushion.
1: Whoa. Now,
3: <clears throat> this is nothing to do what other items have done, and since no actual physical damage is done, I feel there's no reason to try and remove the curse. <laughs> yes, this just triggered it, and no, you reading this or talking about it will not make it worse or trigger it again. I promise. Wow. Ooh, sorry about that. I feel Guys, plenty. every time we talk about Old
2: Thomas, Cohen gets a needle in the eye. So we gotta like, be it's careful. This it. is fine. It's fine.
3: Yeah, it's <laughs> fine to talk about Old Thomas.
2: Yeah.
3: <laughs> uh, <laughs> I feel that there are plenty of more stories to tell, and I'd be more than happy to, but for now, I feel these two have taken enough of your time, and unfortunately, I do not send photos of most of my collection, as some things I've shared or shown to others have invited hitchhikers, and I'd hate for you all, or your guests, to have a sudden new entity to deal with. Again, Thank you. I'm <laughs> a huge fan of the BCC, and hope you enjoyed the small peek into my collection and hobby.
2: Bravo. Come Bravo. <clears throat> fucking wow. Uh, also, is old Thomas just a cat? Because that feels like big cat energy.
1: <laughs> just <laughs> yeah, yeah. leave me alone. No Don't touch me. I want, to be,
2: I want to be on God. the top of the shelf. <laughs> wow. Yeah, that like, is wild. Old Thomas that... just
4: sits by the heater. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> this shit's awesome. I love. Uh, th- 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 this is like something out of like a, a Miyazaki movie. Like I feel like you live in an it enchanted is. house. Go- <laughs> going. Mm-hmm. This is crazy.
3: Yeah, yeah, it's like uh, sure.
2: old Thomas is like uh, Wilson. It's like his Wilson in this house. Oh from- man! I mean, it it takes a certain
3: individual to sort of live with a, a bunch of you know haunted or imbued objects. I don't. I mean, I have all, my own little sort of magic box next to my bed, but n- n- nothing sort of has uh, powerful properties like like it sounds like this guy's uh, items do. You know what I mean? If I have you to mean, wear to- any. Protection
4: in my own house to protect me from things inside of my house. Right, I, like I'm not trying to tell my man how to live his life, but maybe this we're, we should be in like two property type situation,
1: like a duplex, like, like a, like yeah, a pool yeah. house, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my maybe you gosh. need a, a
4: back house, like a little separator uh, convert a garage or something, like like oh, the uh, uh, the fucking. What, what are those movies with patrick wilson they have like their little room with annabelle and everyone in it oh, oh yeah yeah, exactly yeah
1: the casualness with which a haunted skull <laughs> placing a curse on you that drives a needle into your eye and the way that that is described just so like don't worry it's not like a big deal like it's not something i need to worry about yeah. really it's well, just the thing uh,
4: he said that creeped me out was like uh, well, it doesn't do any physical harm and right. that posits kind of like a different curse he's had uh, did something physically represent. <laughs> oh, you right. know what I mean? Like Good I point. was like, yeah. yeah, well, hey, at least this time yeah. it's not like my fingernails keep falling off you know, it's just yeah. <laughs> figurative pain, you're like, oh, sick well, see you <laughs> oh, around, man, uh, here's your FedEx package, it came to my house Jeez. Ron, <laughs> we're
3: selling <Man>. Zillow <laughs> Wow, wow Well, Cohen, I would be remiss not to mention And another great podcast that I think you might really enjoy, the Haunted Objects podcast hosted by Greg and Dana Newkirk, uh, Mm. Paranormal Heavyweights. And they just started a podcast. You could find it anywhere you get your podcast and on YouTube as well. But that's what they deal with. They have their own occult and traveling museum of haunted objects. Uh, You might enjoy that. That's okay. fucking
4: cool, man.
3: That's, yeah,
4: great. I, I I'm just so happy to know there are people who live their life with making the choice of like, well, I'll just keep these haunted objects and like just keep like I <laughs> when you hear about uh-huh. people who like Choose to be social workers and choose to, You're like what beauty yes. like thank You I'm too yeah. self-centered yeah. I need to be an actor I'm so glad Other people are ca-. and then you hear about Someone's like I help guide you're like Oh I'm just glad people like You it's <laughs> like don't worry my charm Pendant protects me like there are yeah. just People I'm out ho- there doing that and if you I'm believe protecting them,
2: you from The razor that cuts you when you Hold exactly.
4: it exactly oh, and if you believe God. This guy he's we should be thankful and thank God. And if you don't believe him, he ain't bothering you. This right. is like yeah. the perfect fucking guy, right? He's like in his own <laughs> right. house going, I'm protecting yeah. the world. And you're like, thank you. And if he's lying, he's not in our faces about it, right? He's in his house right. dealing with fucking old Thomas. Like, this is a dream guy to run That's into. A perfect person. <laughs> yeah. We believe so,
2: you, Cohen.
3: I believe you. <laughs> <laughs> I think we
2: got time for one more. This is a little bit longer, so I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to burn through this one. So right. here we go. I met the devil and it told me its name. Oh wow. Howdy, Michael Bryce Riley and guest, yes, Gabrus, and the mm-hmm. ghost of the clubhouse. I started listening to BCC after Markiplier's episode and instantly fell in love with the spooky stories and chill vibes. I'm listening to the entire back catalog and I'm currently on episode 69. Nice. nice, nice. He said that, not me. Uh, so, if I say something strange or don't make an obvious connection, it's because I'm currently living with the ghost of podcasts past, and it has a lot to say. For context about my upbringing and personality, let me lay a few things out before I get into the story. Great. One, I grew up with a Christian mom and an atheist dad. My dad now lives to speculate about. Uh, now loves to speculate about how about the show Ancient Aliens. I'm sure you're familiar. Two, I'm agnostic, more or less. I think someone or something is pulling the strings and conducting secret symphonies, and though I love to speculate, I'll never dare say what the truth really of reality really is.
3: Oh, I'm writing that Ooh. down for a Shadowbat song. Secret symphonies.
2: That's yeah. good mm. stuff. Nice. Three, in an effort to give myself some credibility here, I'm inclined to tell you that I work in a laboratory. I cannot tell you which, and I cannot tell you the specifics of what I do. What I can tell you is that my work involves a very high level of attention to detail involving children's safety and a great deal of chemistry. Okay? (laughs) If your kid doesn't burst into flames when sitting near a fire, you have me to thank. Nice. Um, let's all right, you know what let's think let's thank this guy for this job yeah. as yes, well Thank, thank you, thank you. Yeah, out for
1: society <laughs> yeah,
4: yeah I couldn't do it I'm too self-centered so I appreciate it yeah
2: <laughs> Four I've had night terrors since I was a kid. In fact my earliest memory is a night terror. All it was was a scene the starry night sky slowly panning from right to left then a dark bat-like shape swooped over me and I awoke to existence. Five, many of my night terrors are incredibly detailed and can feel as though they last several hours or even days. There are often people in my dreams I've never met before. Sometimes they're very near and dear to me inside the dream and knowing they stop existing when I awaken feels like a watered down version of dealing with the death of a close friend. Not fun. Now, I've kept you waiting long enough. It's time for the story. I've had night terrors my entire life. Daily nightmares were not uncommon, and weekly was all but expected. About a year ago, I had a horrible night terror that left me shaken for days. I would t- it would take me a long time to explain its contents, and the dream itself felt like it took place over the course of about a week or so. So I'll, I'll only give you the important bits. What started as a dream about visiting family near the coast, I'm unsure which coast, ended in an apocalyptic vision of a world fallen to the vicious rampage of a single entity. A war of tremendous scale using mid-1800s weaponry against a single threat. As for the entity itself, it is the source of the terror that followed me into the waking world. It was a horrible perversion of life and the human form. It was gray-skinned, had a thin frame, black eyes, and a mouth filled with teeth that were splintered and broken. Its smile was unnaturally wide, and it smiled every time it laid eyes on me. Its limbs ended in sharp and bloody, bony points, and it used them to stab into the floor, ceiling, and walls to crawl toward me at a rapid pace. As time went on within the dream, eventually ending with my soulmate and I running away from the entity through a birch forest at golden hour, the entity grew larger and larger. It began the size of a toddler at the beginning of the dream, and by the end, ended up being the size of several buses as it grew increasingly aberrant and distorted. As I've said before, the dream shook me, terribly so. I suffered many night terrors in a short span of time following that encounter. That is, until the last dream, the true reason for my email. Huh. I was in my room. It was the
1: prequel dream. <laughs> <Yeah>.
2: <laughs> in the middle of the night, and I could sense myself fast asleep in my bed. In this dream form, I stood at the foot of my bed, perfectly still, waiting. Though I didn't know what I was waiting for. It soon made itself known a small, lanky figure entirely made of darkness. It was the absence of light and space, blacker than black, a thing without distance or detail. It crawled towards me slowly, keeping low to the ground with its head craned up, towards, up upward to look at me. Though it had no face, I could see its smile. I could feel its smile and devilish gaze boring into me. If you're struggling to visualize it, think the shadow version of Smeagol Though keeping lower than normal to the ground as he crawls on all fours. Oh terrified. Gotcha. I climbed over my bed and clambered about, circling around my room as I tried to keep my distance from it. I got the feeling it could easily have reached me because every time I'd falter or trip, it would stop and let me gather myself before continuing its slow methodical pursuit. I'd never felt such deep, all-encompassing fear in my entire life. It was an emotion beyond reason, beyond the faculties of the mind. I can only describe it as a fear that fractured the edges of my soul. Oddly enough, despite this fear it was projecting onto me, I knew it wasn't my own. It was artificial, like I said, a fear beyond reason. Somewhere, far away, where my true emotions lay, I felt that this entity was here to help me understand something. The entire time it was egging me on, never speaking, though it forced me into, it forced thoughts into my mind. Sounds, a name, the entire goal of this entity, the entire point of its appearance was trying to get me to speak its name. I could hear my physical body in my bed, murmuring helplessly, slurred syllables and nonsensical grunts until finally I spoke aloud whatever I was trying to get me to say, whatever it was trying to get me to say, and I woke up. I lay there, paralyzed. Though my body lay motionless, my eyes flicked flicked rapidly around the room, scanning for any signs of the creature, but it was gone. Then it occurred to me, I had woken myself up by saying something, what was it? For some reason I was terrified I would forget, so I sprang from my bed, my concerns about the thing in the dark suddenly evaporated, and I started Googling the sounds I thought I'd said. I was fumbling and bumbling from random search to random search began sounding out the syllables using muscle memory and the vague sounds i'd heard in my state between sleep and being awake and try to figure out what i said barbara baal i know the name baal but i also know his lore that's not right god what was it i swear that was the sound but the second word, Baron, bear uh bareth i froze baal bareth that was it I searched a term, afraid of what I'd find, and sure enough, I got a hit. According to the Bible, Baal Bareth and El Bareth are gods worshipped in the Shechem in ancient Canaan. Now that's all well and good, but one specific account caught my attention. According to Admirable History, written in 1612 by Father Sebastian Michaelis, Baal Bareth had once possessed a nun during the exorcism. Balbareth volunteered not oh, volunteered not only his own name and the names of all other demons possessing the nun, but the names of the saints that would be most effective in opposing them. Mm. Now, I can't help but recognize this theme of, quote, the power of names, end quote, that comes along with this entity. Stranger still, despite the deep soul-crushing terror that the shadow entity I believe to be, Balbareth instilled within me, I now feel strangely comforted by the name. You may think that's alarming. I thought so, too. I would likely still think so, were it not for one undeniable fact. I've had night terrors my entire life. Daily nightmares were not uncommon, and weekly was all but expected. It's been one year since I met a devil. I haven't had a night terror since. Mm. Thanks for reading, BCC. Take care. Walter, and no, despite the name, I'm not an old man. I'm 24. Shit's wild. <laughs> Walter, uh, wow. that
4: was uh, <laughs> uh, going to be a great chapter in his uh, anthology series. Yeah, uh, yeah, uh, I. That was fucking. If he, if it's uh, not, if it's narrative fiction, he crushed it. If it's true, yeah. holy shit, yeah. wild. Either way, yeah. I enjoyed the fuck out of it.
2: Not the first <laughs> time that we've heard stories of like people dreaming of entities. This kind of comes full circle with the what was it, the Death Knight, the Demon Knight? What did you call yeah, it?
4: Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. Death Knight, maybe. Yeah, yeah Death the Death
2: Knight. Knight in that other story. This idea of. Entities presenting themselves in dreams because maybe that's a medium where they can manifest more easily as we're because sort your of receptors in the REM are state, different,
4: right, Bryce? Your uh, frequencies, mm-hmm. you're tuned. Oh, yeah. you're, uh, when you're dreaming, you're you're tuned. <laughs>
2: fucking with the dials. Oh, that's not a when liminal you're sitting space. at your laptop. Yeah,
4: for so sure.
2: Yes, I'm, I I wouldn't think it. I, I'm not surprised or shocked too much by this idea that you could grab a name of a demon, Google it, and find it. You know what I mean? It's possible. <laughs> that's, where, that's where
3: shit gets hairy for me is like when yeah. you pull a name from the dream space and then you're like, maybe i'll throw it in a google search and you're like oh fuck it has biblical canon that's not good it's a, it's that's not oh, good
4: wait. well maybe it's a good part of the bible uh wait there's rarely any good parts <laughs> well
2: don't you remember bryce when uh during uh oops the oops all bryce episode um your buddy from uh from expedition bigfoot who had the near-death experience Oh yes, yeah. Newton. And yeah. Newton and Newton said that in his experience he met this entity called Amy, and we Googled that, and that turned out to be some sort of demon uh from the Lesser Key of Solomon. So it's not the first time we've heard something like this.
3: Yeah, for I, sure. I
4: mean, that's fucking wild. And it's so weird because halfway through the story, I was triggered I uh, as a fantasy novel reader. And uh, I just listened to uh, the um, King Killer Chronicles. Oh, of the first the book best. is called The Name of the Wind. And the whole thing in that, in the lore of these stories, is that once you can know the name of something, you have power over it. Like yes. Learning the name no. of the wind is like, because uh, the wind is the hardest thing to nail down its name. But once you do, in you have control. power over it yeah and it's just funny because that's what i was thinking the whole time and i'm like holy shit and then that is i mean it is a symbolic lore thing too yeah someone to know someone's name i mean the it's a human um instinct is to name everything we encounter
3: in the beginning was the word and the word became flesh
1: and so like walter like having this like this power of this demon did like to scare away the nightmares basically now like he's spoken the name and now he's he's got yeah. like a guardian demon to you have scare power. Off. Yeah. That's over. metal, Riley. That's fucking metal. Yeah, yeah. Guardian Demon. demon.
3: Yeah, <laughs> that's pretty fucking. I Guardian Demon. Smell
4: the We work together now.
1: The coolest fucking
4: Pokemon Balbathar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's totally. one.
2: Po- there's one Pokemon catcher that's just simply catching demons and using <laughs> demons against Pokemon, <laughs> just winning every battle. Oh, uh,
4: Riley, Riley, that's a really positive look at that story because. The negative yeah. look to me was uh, he's like, that demon's like, I got to get this motherfucker to say my name so I can wreak havoc on the material mm. plane. Right. And now he doesn't <clears throat> have to bother him anymore because he's fucking Oh, and that's out why he and doesn't
1: have nut terrors anymore. Yeah, because he's, broken he's on. Now.
2: He's out. He's fucking
1: yeah. you know. Well, we've just oh, amplified yeah.
2: that if that's the case. So I'm just
3: glad Michael read that letter and not me. Yeah.
2: yeah. <laughs>
3: hey, you're the only one that said the
1: name.
2: So I'll be having screaming it so
4: much. Oh
2: fuck. I'll be having no bad dreams tonight, cut to me just being like Lifted six feet above my bed, as like eight-inch iron nails pierce my body.
4: I just have a glorious wet dream, screaming,
3: oh,
4: fill my pants. <laughs>
2: Uh, John in. Gabrus, thank you so uh, much for yeah, joining us. Whoop. Where? Yeah. Listen, guys, uh, I have been binging High and Mighty uh, on the regs lately. I listen to the show, but I've been like going back listening. Gabrus, we've spent a lot of evenings doing dishes together. I just want to thank you for that. <laughs> thank um, you. <laughs> one of my currently one of my favorite favorite podcasts. I just love all the conversations you have with your guests on that show. So, where can people find that? Where can people find the Action Boys and anything else you're working on?
4: Wherever you're listening to podcasts, you can find High and Mighty. Um, It's everywhere. So wherever you're listening to this podcast, just yeah. open it up. These guys have been on my podcast. Maybe start there. That seems like a good entry point for uh, fans of BCC.
2: Gabrus uh, always says it on his show. You're on the app right now. Just scoot over to High and Mighty and hit follow. Yeah, that's yeah, all you got to do.
4: Uh, and then Action Boys is a Patreon podcast, but we have some free episodes out there to get you hooked, you know, give you a little sniff. So you go out there and uh, get on that. And then uh, uh, thank you for all the compliments, Michael, about 101 Places to Party Before You Die now on HBO Max. Um, uh, one of the true good experiences i've had great show one of, one of the few
3: true experiences like that yeah <laughs> i know yeah. Yeah.
1: if you guys
2: have not watched this show yet uh go watch it it's so much fun it's such a like i love show i say this to my girlfriend all the time i'm like i love movies and shows that are a good hang and that show is designed to be a great fucking hang love um that. so watch it i love I it i i I don't know uh, what the future holds, but boy, oh, boy, I hope you guys get to do more.
4: <laughs> Neither do we. But I'll tell you what the future does hold for David Zaslav, CEO of Warner Discovery. Uh, profits. I don't know what it means for the art that he now owns and is the uh, chief executive officer of. I can't oh, right, promise, but, that, but I know. Homeboy's making some cash. That's yeah. what I know about the future of my show.
2: Great. All right. Well, we'll keep our fingers crossed. We're waiting on a Thanks, few pickups guys. over here. So we'll, yeah, we'll, right, keep everyone. Up. we'll burn Hands a candle for you. Pickups on three. One, One. <laughs> pickups. Pickups. Pick up. Pick up. Fuck yes. Awesome, Please. man. Well, thank pick-ups you so much. Yeah. Uh, it's been a blast, Gabers. Thank you. Always is. Later, boys. Oh, love me some John Gabers. He's the mm. best. Uh, So fun to have him. And you know what? We should go on uh, a quest. We'll figure out a quest to go on with Gabers for sure. We'll make yeah. another
1: quest for sure. Definitely. You yes. got
2: to do a quest. All right. Don't forget to follow us. When you're following High and Mighty, uh, click that follow button on uh, Spotify, Apple, or your favorite podcast app so you never miss a single episode. We want to hear from you, so please rate and review while you're there. And if you drop us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, we might read it on the show like this one.
1: By Blythe Soulless, something, soul, soul, G, I don't know, found via truest blood. I came to the podcast via the podcast Truest Blood, the episode Michael was a guest on, and kept listening and learning, and then bin wa- binge-watched Expedition Bigfoot, and now listening to Riley's music. This podcast has it all. Excellent hosts, guests, and energy. Love these guys. I'm off to become a Cosmeteer Patreon member. Yeah! That's oh, what I'm yeah. talking
2: about. That well, is a thank Hall you of Fame review
1: right there. That is starts. good. Doing That's all of our great. content, we yeah. love you for that. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Just
3: hitting
1: all. Love the notes.
2: that.
3: Yeah.
1: Well, Might have to
2: laminate
3: you... you a club scout card. Buddy. Yeah,
2: Ch- send us your address. Um, and if you want more Bigfoot Collectors Club and more of Riley's music, check out our Patreon BCC The Other Side for three. Additional bonus episodes every month. Head over to patreon.com Bigfoot Collectors Club. Join the Cosmeteers while you're there. And be sure to follow us on Instagram at Bigfoot Collectors Club and on TikTok at BCC Pod. Follow me on Instagram at McMills and hit me up on Cameo for a personalized video from me to you. Or a loved one. Guys, it's been a minute since I've done some birthday wishes, so hit me up. I know you all have a yeah. birthday.
3: Hit me up, too. I'm on those socials, or just check that awesome link tree Michael created in our Instagram bio. Uh, hey, I'm going down the UFO rabbit hole. you got to come join me. Uh, take the red pill, and let's slip on down that hole. Oh, no. Meet Don't so take wrong.
1: the red pill. Oh, no. Is it? <laughs> oh, He's
2: is it the blue like- pill? Well, just, oh, it, oh. let's just say that phrase has been co opted. Oh, <laughs> no, I take it yeah. back. Uh, <laughs> yeah. No, don't <laughs> take anything. Like a
3: cool just alien, don't take anything. I was, yeah. Saying, yeah, took the, little yeah. Mini, the little mini yes. cake from Alice yeah. in Wonderland. Yes, yes. That's yeah. That's what yeah, I yeah. meant.
2: Yeah.
3: yeah. Uh, <laughs> 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 hey. Uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, come down that rabbit hole with us over on yeah. the other side. I'm going to do a whole UFO thing. You got to meet me there.
2: Yeah, that yeah. episode will be dropping not this week but next week. So uh, join us over there. It's going to be a blast.
1: Yeah, I mean I'm echoing that. We're jumping over on the Patreon right now. I can't wait to record this episode. Yeah, and you can't wait to hear it. So join us. And uh, yeah, I'm Peace Drone at Instagram.
2: All right, we want to thank Gabrus one more time for joining us. Uh, and we need to thank a fresh batch of club scouts who have joined us on bcc the other side it is time for some patreon shout outs and i just want to say if you're listening you haven't joined the patreon i know we're talking a lot about it tonight you should really speaking of people who we need to thank for their positions in life you need to thank these listeners because without them there wouldn't be a show so uh let's get to it here we go allison thanks allison kimberly cast castanets thank you a, uh, Andrea Thomas. Thank you. Matt Winters. Thank you. Brandon. Thanks, Brandon. Adriana Bast Zamora. Thank Ooh, you. Like, like Lonnie Zamora. Uh, mm. If you're a deep diver, you'll know that uh, reference. Joni Perfect. Thanks, Joni. Kelly Lowe. Thank you, Kelly. Keenan Derby. Thank you. Elise Bror. Thank you. Joseph Hilario. Thank you. Zach. Thanks, Zach. Ryan Serafinowitz. Thanks, Ryan. Hi Weiss. Thanks, hi. Patrick Houston or Houston. Thank you. Nora Hem Cosmetier.
1: Thanks, Nora. Welcome.
2: Christopher Poole. Thank you, Chris. Winona Alba. Thank you. It's like Winona Ryder and Jessica Alba, but one but in one person. Tom Summers. Thanks, Tom. John Rossi. Thank you, John. Michelle Connor. Thank you michelle lockard thank you back to back michelle's jason thanks jason tracy walker thank you tracy nova zero thank you nova i can only assume you're a space cop Je- or a shaggy white dog that we love jenny a <laughs> calwell thank you jenny jacobo wizards thank you what a name i must be a final fantasy fan evan leach thanks evan apparently awesome apparently so thank you alex t thank you And Zion Gonzalez. Thanks, Zion. Thank you, everybody. We have lots of you to catch up with. We appreciate it. We love you. We'll see you back here next week for an epic unlock from the other side. Until then, good night. And
3: go get regressed.